This is writer-director Rob McCallum, and you're listening to the SNES Podcast. Uh, hello and welcome to Super NES Podcast. This is episode number 17. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, the side-scrolling slash platform game uh, Demon's Crest in, in this in this episode, uh, developed and published by Capcom and released in New Japan and North America in, North America in 1994 and Europe in, in Europe in 1995. And here with me to talk about the game, one of his all-time favorites, um, is William Oates. Uh, uh, A.K.A. Will, uh, you may know him from as one of the co-hosts like the Televisionaries podcast, which is a great podcast that you should be listening to if you're not already uh, previously listening to it. Um, so it's good to have you on the podcast, uh, Will. Yeah, it's great to be on here. Um, so uh, I know you're younger than I am. What's your history? What's your history like? The, what's your history like the Super NES? Uh, for the Super NES, my uncle was the one who actually had it in the family. Okay. So the only time I really got a chance to play. The system was we'd go over to his place and we'd typically rent games or we'd play the ones that he had. I think the only ones he had were uh, Super Mario World and Link to the Past. Mm. So we'd try to find something to rent to bring over there. And for the longest time, that was most of my gaming on the system up until emulators came along. And then around 2008, 2009, when I got the big box of games and systems from my nana my uncle's super nintendo was in that box okay no wait no that wasn't my uncle's that was my uh grandfather's super nintendo i think my uncle still has his ah all right but uh okay uh so about like how old were you when you first started uh, playing on the system then it was right after the system came out so that was probably around 12 13 okay yeah Okay, yeah, good age, yeah, because I was a, um, uh, because I was 15 when I was 15, like when I got the system, 
uh, but shortly after it came out. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of great games like available, like available like the system. Um, there's also, unfortunately, a lot of great games that were that were popular then, or like uh, popular then, then like fallen by the wayside, or just never got noticed uh, very much when it came out for one reason or another. Um, and this game, I think, is like one of them because um, this is the this is the third and final game of the so-called uh, Gargoyles Quest trilogy. Uh, which is a spin-off of the famous Ghost and Goblins uh, franchise that Capcom that, that Capcom is still doing. And while I remember the first two games be first two games like being very popular, I don't remember too much press like about this one. Uh, no, I think even the other two, there wasn't much press on them at all. Well, I well the main press the frame main press of the first two games, and the reasons and the, and the, uh, um, and the reason I and the reason I played them uh, was they got very good write-ups and coverage by Nintendo Power. Uh, they had some articles and walkthroughs featuring the featuring two games. I remember the second one being in there. Yeah, but I don't. Whenever that was like, like, wait, there was a Gargoyles Quest one. So I had to, <laughs> I actually had to look it up. I didn't get to play the uh, the original Game Boy one until a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had both games uh, and beat like beat both games, but I missed this game back when it was new. I, I really didn't start playing this game until a couple of years ago. I picked it up a little bit in emulation. Put it down again for one reason or another, and didn't really start playing it again until this last week, actually. So yeah, um, and I have a complete copy of Gargoyles Quest Two in box. In mm. fact, it still has the shrink wrap around it. I had just taken the wrap off the top to take the game out. Right. So mine's still complete. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, because that game's kind of uncommon these days too. I think. But, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, I'm going to be, full disclosure to listeners out there, I mean, I was not able to beat this game because my work schedule right now is crazy busy and I was not able to invest the time into it. Um, I did have, um, so, like, so Will is the one who knows a bit more about this game than I do in this case. Yeah, uh, I did one playthrough and I was working on trying to get um, some other playthroughs, mm-hmm. and we'll mention that later on. Right. I did watch, however, a video of, like a video walkthrough of the whole game, though at least. So at least I know. So at least I have some knowledge, uh, so I don't sound like a total idiot uh, if I'm trying to do this <laughs> podcast. But uh, speaking about podcasts, before we get going, like a uh, before we get going, like to our, like 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 our in-depth game discussion here, uh, I want to plug uh, and or mention a few a few new or very um, a very promising podcast I've gotten into recently that also have a retro game theme to them that I highly want to encourage anybody else out there to check out if you're not already listening to. Uh, I've already mentioned the Intellivision, uh, the, the, the Televisionaries podcast that Will here is on. Uh, their new one should be out pretty soon. Uh, yeah, it should be, I want to say a few days, but yeah, it, Paul's working his hardest to get that episode out. Right. Yeah, the one after it's going to be great. I won't spoil for anybody listening that also listens to our show what the game's going to be, but ah, it's going to be fun. Okay. There's also there's also Atari 700 podcast out now, which has been out for about a month, and Phil, the No Swear Gamer, is doing a bang-up job with that podcast. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, there's also now a 5200 podcast that's starting. Uh, and episode 0 already got dropped, and episode 1 should be out pretty soon. Uh, Willie's been uh, playing the games furiously today. It looks like, uh, according to Facebook posts, to try to get ready to re- ready to record that. So yeah, I uh, saw he was uh, posting some pictures of some games. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, those are new podcasts. There are new podcasts out there that definitely should be checking out. Um, I also really have been enjoying a lot. Uh, 
Um, if you like, you enjoy a retro gaming podcast with more of an adult flair to them, uh, um, I highly recommend uh, both the Watch Out for Fireballs and Abject Suffering podcasts. Uh, that uh, those are done by two same guys, and they uh, they're not a network because they're adult uh, themed. Uh, there's some swearing, there's some like you know sexual jokes, that kind of stuff. But these two guys have a great chemistry, and they really know the material and the games and the games they feature. They really do very very like very like in a very like you know in depth coverage. I don't want to call them deep dives because I can't think that you guys have that term. Yeah, we've. We've trademarked. Deep dive. <laughs> but they do give a lot of coverage. Like, you know, the, their, their, main, their main podcast, The Wolves, is a couple hours long usually. And The Object Suffering is a half an hour bite-sized one where they talk about bad games for a change. And like, like going about how bad those games are and why they suck so badly. So um, you can find all those podcasts like Google search. I highly recommend checking out those podcasts. Um, and there's also, um, and both podcasts also uh, also have a Patreon uh, going on that you can also belong to, where you can get some nice benefits for. And speaking about benefits, um, the two dudes, the two dudes and um, two dudes and a nest podcast is also doing a Patreon. They're doing, they're doing okay, but I really recommend that the that you guys support it if you can because they're very close to they're very close to unlocking some of their, to unlocking some of their stretch goals, uh, such as they. Uh, such as getting a gift box out, uh, kind of like the in the same theme as the Retro Junkie one that's going, uh, uh, it's making the rounds, making the rounds, to make the rounds like right about now. So there's been a lot of shows doing uh, Patreons. Yeah, it's really starting to take uh, off in popularity. Months in the past years too. Yeah, it's really starting to take off in popularity these days. It seems I didn't even heard about it until like you know like three or four months ago. So there, but... there's one show I listen to that's not uh, gaming related that uh, has a pretty good Patreon going. Hmm. Right. It, Right. Well, um, well, I recently just backed uh, two dudes in the two dudes in the S Patreon to a level to a level where I'll be able to appear on one of their upcoming podcasts. So stay, nice. Um, uh, so stay tuned for another guest appearance. So, um, so anyway, um, I, um, that's it for the new podcast and then the new news going on. I can think about. Uh, Will, do you have anything that you want to uh, plug and or mention before we get going here? Um, no, I think we pretty much um, covered the televisionaries and. I don't have any other projects going on at the moment. Okay. A few on the back burner I'd like to work on, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have that problem, I think. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, so anyway, as I said earlier, um, Demon's Crest is the third and final game of the Gargoyles Quest uh, tr- uh, uh, trilogy. The original game came out for the Game Boy. It was released back in 1990. Uh, you play the role of a gargoyle named Firebrand, uh, who is a... Um, um, uh, who is a red demon? One of those they supposed to be, I believe, one of those red demons that you come to love to hate in the from the Ghost of Goblin uh, games. Yeah, that's also the, known as the uh, the red uh, armor. Yep, yep, that's, series. Yep, it's a Japanese name. So yeah. Um, um, so basically, that game is a uh, all three of these games pretty much follow the same format, and that they're like a combination of a, um, a side-scrolling uh, platform game uh, that has some action elements to them, and there's also some RPG elements also that also to all three of these games. Uh, like for example, like uh, like for example, like for example, there are towns where you can like uh, buy shops. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, where you can go into shops. It's like I'm trying to say, uh, like buy items and potions, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and you can also upgrade your hit points, and your hit points and gain power items, that kind of stuff. So there's some RPG elements present like these games also, but it's kind of like you know like a light RPG element. The main emphasis of the games are just simply uh, your typical your typical platform games. But um, uh, but one 
what makes the game so fun was it's like very, very unique, I thought. Uh, the graphics for Game Boy were quite detailed. The music was quite good. Uh, the gameplay is fast and furious. Um, it was a good, challenging platform game without being overly difficult. Yeah, they, they tended to uh, blend the difficulty pretty well. And the graphics were amazing in it for the time that, you know, back when the Game Boy came out. There were some games, it could be hit or miss what the uh, graphics looked like in them. But they right. nailed it quite a bit of times with these games. And this one... Really, really hit it out of the park. Yeah, and this game actually had some like playability too. To also, I remember putting in about 20 hours of game time on this uh, before I beat it. So, um, uh, so, uh, so you definitely felt like your money's worth on it. So. Oh yeah. Uh, then a sequel came out, Gargoyles Quest 2 for the NES, and that came out back in 1992 in Japan, North America, and Europe, and in, 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 in Europe in 93. Actually, if I remember, this, actually, if I, actually, if I remember the story, the story correctly. This is actually a prequel. Yes, uh, it is. So just so just to make things even like more confusing, like Capcom likes to do. Um, <laughs> but they, um, pretty much follows the same the same template as the original game. It's very very close. There's not very very much very much differences between the two games. Uh, just really a couple of um, the graphics are a bit better because of course you're um, because of course the NES is a color system. Um, yeah. new, uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh, as I say, they kept the same. The same art style pretty much throughout. They might have added a few tweaks mm -hmm. uh, to the graphics, but it pretty much stayed the same in terms of uh, the art style. Right, right. And actually, like an actual Demon's Crest, considering it came out uh, for the Super NES, also, uh, also, uh, also, also stayed that same formula. Uh, very true. This is, uh, unlike uh, compared to some sequels, uh, this game really did not deviate too much, too much like in the first two games. But uh, Capcom really kicked it up a notch. Uh, with this game, as far as the whole presentation and, and whatnot, and we'll talk about that uh, like here in a moment. So, um, if you missed any of these three games, uh, they are all available uh, like online in uh, like in their like in their respective virtual console form. Uh, Gargoyles Quest is available on the Virtual Console 3DS shop. Uh, Gargoyles Quest 2 and Demon's Quest just like are available on the Virtual Console as well. So, uh, you definitely can check out these games if you missed them for. Like this in the past. Yeah, if you want to see um, this character in some other games, uh, there is a Japanese-only game named Namco Cross Capcom, where he was a villain in it. He was also a secret boss in SNK versus Capcom SVC Chaos, and more recently he was added to the Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three game as a playable character, and he's pretty fun to play as. Mm, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, uh, speaking about that, uh, the hero versus villain thing, uh, I was um, I, I was a bit surprised picking up this game to play it uh, because I said this week is the first time I played the game. This like about two years. I didn't spend too much time to, too much time on it in the past either. But uh, compared to the first two games, we were definitely playing like a hero guy. It seems like this one that you're a villain to start off with, which kind of surprised me. I think he's more of a um, an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. As the game goes on, you get the sense he's more of a neutral, uh, of a neutral, of a neutral character. Um, but just the way the whole game story, the game story is presented, the game story is presented to you in the game, and whatnot, it kind of makes you kind of think he's more of like a more slanting toward the evil side to start off with. Um, but that kind of gets uh, uh, developed, sort of developed on as the game goes on. Uh, the basic the basic story of the game is that there's these uh, six magical stones that recently appeared uh, that are called crests. Uh, each of them has a control over a certain element: uh, fire, earth, water, air, time, and heaven. Uh, and when all six of these crests are combined, uh, they can form the crest of infinity, which will allow the holder uh, uh, the holder the holder like ultimate power. 
and the demon realm has long been in civil war trying to decide who's going to control these control these crests and finally if they can finally and finally five of them five of the six fall into the hands of your character the red demon firebrand and he's, he he challenges the demon dragon for the last crest he 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 wins it but he's also badly weakened in the fight and that's when somebody like the and that's when a rival demon by the name of Phalanx takes the chance to ambush him, uh, defeat him, and steal all six crests. So as the game opens, um, uh, Firebrand's trying to Firebrand's embarking on a long, um, quest-wide uh, a series of adventures to adventures to adventures to try to recover the six to try to recover the six crests and to defeat Fire. Um, and to defeat Phalanx. So. Yeah, and the way they open this game is fantastic. I don't think I'd really seen anything uh, quite the way they've done this, where you start right out with a uh, boss fight. Yes. There's a couple other games I can think about that do that, um, but this game really does it in a much more uh, in-your-face and really, like, you know, like, um, a serious like serious manner because, because yeah, the last thing you expect to start off with the game, uh, like, it's a boss fight, and right away you have to, like, you know, go into battle, like, immediately, so... With a big uh, zombified dragon. <laughs> it's a very easy battle, mm. but it's to, so you can get... Uh, a hand of the controls. Yes, the controls in this game do take a little bit to get used to, I thought. But once you actually master it, the controls work pretty well. Firebrand uh, Firebrand starts off with the ability to be able to shoot fire. Uh, he can hover in midair. Um, he can't really fly around yet, not until you get like one of the crests. Um, but it's also interesting to know in this one that when you hover, you can hover as long as you want. In the right. previous two games, you actually had a meter that would that would uh, drop as you were hovering. Mm -hmm. So in this one, to be able to hover completely and just stay there hanging in the air, mm -hmm. that was a change. Yes, uh, a change for the good, I thought, because that was a bit annoying about the first few games. Um, I you know like having those, uh, having that, just having that, like having that, having that like, limited, limited hover power. Um, I think they did that to balance out the, to balance out the increased difficulty of the game, because I think this game is almost difficult to three games. It's really difficult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really tough game. Um, so besides the opening, so so besides the opening of this game, Will, what else? What else about this game like really endeared it, like endeared it to you? Like, what do you love about this game like so much? It's well, for one, it's the the whole world. You know, it's based off of the uh, Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins series, and just to have like a whole other side. To that sort of world mm -hmm. so it's not in the, the, the world that arthur was in it's more in the demon realm it's kind of like if they released a game uh right now that's just bowser and and just having like stuff with him and maybe mario's not in it you know it's just a very cool game and uh just the way it's the gra the graphics and the music is fantastic yes Yep, we're gonna talk about that like more in depth like later on. But uh, yeah, this game came out in 19, uh, like '94, kind of like the mid, uh, the mid cycle of the Super NES. And by now, developers and publishers have definitely been able to figure out how to get the the most power out of the system. So this game definitely, like this game definitely definitely looks, sounds, and feels like a solid 16-bit uh, title. So uh, very impressive, like all the way around. So um, as you go through the game. Uh, there's various stages. There's various stages that you go into, which which operate which operate your typical side-scrolling uh, action platform way. Uh, there is a lot of vertical movement uh, up and down and whatnot, but like in this game, um, 
Um, you do have uh, you do have some ability to be able to pick the stages to pick the stages that you go to. Um, you can return stages that you've already cleared. If you want to go back to get extra, if you could go back to get extra items or money, uh, like for whatever reason. Yeah, I think you have to be like a main, a main boss from one of the areas to move on to the next one. But then you can go back into them to collect more stuff. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's a very nice, very nice, you know, like a good use of mode seven uh, visual effect, like about how you can like you know like uh, the map screen where you can, like you know like fly around like the various areas. Uh, my my biggest thing about that is I wish they'd made the map a little bit bigger because sometimes it feels like he's flying too fast to go to the areas you want to go to. Yeah, I think that's more of a drawback about the limited processor power of Super NES and the fact Maybe, that they're yeah. trying to keep it uh, because because the more they kind of scale it out, uh, the uh, the more the game would chug. I thought, and the more the like the more the visual quality like would go down. So at least so at least by having it like you know close in, you're able to at least like see detailed graphics. Um, Final Fantasy VI did the same thing with the airship, like the airship scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, like they really limited your field of view, your field of view for the sake of gameplay. So, but if you hit start, you can also see the full world as well, so you can get a sense of where you are. Yep. Yes, exactly. Good point there. So, um, there are certain, there are certain like hidden items that you can find. Uh, you definitely want to. So you definitely like want to like you know like break statues and windows and whatnot as you go along as you go along with the game. Uh, the headbutt is really kind of a cute attack. <laughs> it's also one that's um, a little bit of a pain to master as well. Yes, yes, it is. That is a especially like that damn mini game we have for like you know like bash those skulls like in the like in the wall to be able to get to bonuses. There's one later on. You have to knock out 25 skulls within the time limit and it's very difficult to do if you don't master that move oh jeez <laughs> yeah and you have and to when you complete that one you get a uh vial to fill your uh, life by one mm -hmm. right and yeah yeah i did not get that one <laughs> uh yeah as the game goes on you're able to pick up like various like various like like various items and uh, like items and abilities help you out uh one of them as will just mentioned is the ability to go to increase your life gauge uh definitely worthwhile trying to trying to trying to trying to trying to fill your life gauge out as much as much as possible uh you can also you can also pick up money uh which you can use to stop at the shops to be able to buy various potions items uh such as be uh the potions are very helpful such as being able to like to refill your hit points like whatnot um, you can have three items equipped on you like like one time, so you can mix and match your abilities uh, as the game goes on. You're probably going to have a crest equipped with a crest equipped with you on all times because because certain crests because certain crests do certain things depending upon which crests that you have equipped. So um, yeah, because you have your five basic ones at the top of the screen that are your normal form doing different uh, variations of things. Uh, like you have one that's low damage and it lights torches. You've got one that can break bricks. You get one that it's just little tornadoes that create platforms. Uh, one of them you can climb walls with, but I wasn't. I never really used that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the final one's just really high damage. Yeah. But along with those, there's also the transformation crests, which mm. turn you into like the earth, air, water, time, and heaven. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It kind of. Yeah. It kind of. It's kind of interesting the um, uh, the uh, the wall climbing the wall climbing in this game because because the way you kind of do it it kind of reminds me a bit like it kind of reminds me a bit like a bit 
like a bit like of the Ninja Gaiden games where you're like, you know, like jumping around on the wall, trying to work your way up that way. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, um, so yeah, uh, definitely pinpoint precision from those games definitely carried over to this one, I thought. But uh, especially, especially like some of those tight places because, because like the because like climbing up and down this game could be very difficult uh, because of the limited the limited field of view that you have. So, but um, so as the game goes on, you also you also have uh, you also have bosses like the end of every stage. Uh, sometimes you get a crest, sometimes you get like other like power ups uh, power ups as you go along. Um, and the ultimate goal of the game is just simply just give your is just simply to get your character strong enough and to be able to cover all six crests so you can play all six crests and go on and defeat Firebrand. And depending upon what you do, there's three different endings available to available to the game, and we'll talk about those like later on. So, um, um, have you seen all three endings of the game, Will? I went ahead and got I got the good ending, and then I went and I used uh, one of the uh, passwords just to jump right in mm-hmm. to see the bad ending. Right. And I just watched a video of. Um, the, the best ending and then put the code in to go in for the final boss right to try that one yeah but i just did that real quick just to try out what the battle was mm. i didn't go to see if i could actually see if i could beat it <laughs> right yes yep and we will share those codes with you uh, later on uh, to the end of the podcast like for those of you like those who like want to just skip ahead like or whatnot so um um so some of the things that really jump out at you about this game, uh, it, it, uh, 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 like keeps the same gameplay style of the earlier, like the earlier, like the earlier, um, like the earlier uh, Gargoyles Quest games. It looks, it looks and feels like one, but uh, definitely upgraded 16 bits. Capcom definitely utilized, like I said earlier, the full power of the system in making this game. The graphics are gorgeous. Yeah, uh, he Firebrand looks great in this. Yes. Really, really sharp, detailed graphics. Very, very fitting with the scene. They're all like you know, like red and black and like orange colors, and just like you know, like very like fitting with the demon realm. Um, just like you know, wonderful detail. Uh, just both your character, the other characters, uh, the backgrounds, uh, the scrolling, the, the the scrolling fan links effect, effects and whatnot. Really, just really beautiful graphics. Yeah, there's this uh, great effect that they did in it uh, right around like after the dragon. You have this hippogriff that you battle, and you have to hit the statue, and it just does this like kind of phasing morph thing, where it just comes to life, hmm. and it just looks really cool. It's one of those effects they've used uh, in previous games as well. Right. Yep. Definitely. Um, and as you also like equipped. Like equipped like you know various crests, uh, Firebrand also changes his form, and you know uh, the form. Uh, each form of him really, really looks really looks as sharp and detailed as the original form. Just really like great, great attention to character detail here. Uh, the enemies also are wonderful. Uh, they're very very. Uh, are they very like varied? Uh, there's a whole there's a whole mess of them. It really didn't feel like that they it really didn't feel like Capcom uh, repeated templates too often in this game. A lot of a lot of unique enemies. A lot of a lot of care and attention went to the monster design like for this game. Yeah, I think the there's a few of them that were in multiple areas, but other than that, usually every area had some unique enemies to it. Yes, and very frustrating enemies, like in a lot of areas too, because not so much the fact that they were difficult always, just so much the fact that because they're coming at you at a certain angle, like in you know, like down like a, I can like you know like down 
uh, down a hallway or in a tight cave or whatnot, where it's not very possible like, for you to be able to get the best angle to attack and defeat them, or you're slammed where you get like five, six of them coming at you at once. Uh, Some of them are a little easier to uh, to hit when you use the different uh, crests as well. Right, yeah. Like the one that breaks bricks, that actually has a little bit of... It can hit a little bit lower enemies. Right, yeah. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like in the boss detail, we got to have to... We have to talk about the bosses. The bosses are great in this game. Uh, just really, really unique designs. Very difficult boss fights for the most part. The game gives you a couple easy bosses to start off with, but but, but then I about the second or third stage, uh, the kid gloves are off. Uh, these these are some very tough boss fights. Yeah, there's there's one where you can't attack it until it opens up its eye, and it's, there's two enemies that have eyes as the basis of their uh, of their attacks. There's one that actually follows you up the shaft that's just this slime with all these eyes in it. And when you get to the top, he just starts, the eyes will come out, and you have to kill all the eyes that come out of it until its final form comes out of this blob. Right, yeah. Yeah, but there's another one later that it just, it follows you down another, not a horizontal shaft, it goes vertical. You get to the room, and it just comes in, and it's eating stuff along the way. And it'll just use these moves where it it pounds the floor and there's pieces of debris coming from the ceiling. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then it throws enemies onto the ground to try to get you. Right. But you can't attack him until he opens up his eye. And he is the one of the biggest pains at that point <laughs> in the game. Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, like Capcom's Capcom's no stranger to having like annoying, frustrating boss fights like in their games. Uh, the Mega Man games come right to mind for that example. But um, compared to the first two games, there's some really difficult, difficult boss fights in this one. Um, overall, actually, I thought this game, the whole overall look and feel of the game, was a lot more darker and serious. And sure feeling I felt compared to the first two games, but I mean, like, I mean, the first two games they had a demon in them, sure, but they, but those games felt like they were aimed more toward like young kids, where this game feels like it's aimed more toward like teenagers and adults. I think they could go gritty and do an M-rated version of this. Mm. Oh, it definitely could. I mean, like, you know, it's kind of a shame there hasn't been anything else like under this franchise since then. But um... well, later on they did a series called uh, Maximo. Oh, yes, that's right, yep. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a spiritual successor to the uh, Ghouls and Ghosts series. Right, yes. But, uh, yeah, so the overall look of the game, because of the graphics and the boss fights and enemies and whatnot, definitely gives you a lot more, like, you know, grittier feel to it, so. Um, and, and the music adds out to it also. Uh, there's some very good music in this game also to boot. Uh, very, very very atmospheric, I thought. Very, like, you know, fitting for the stages and scenes that you're in. Uh, it matches the overall it matches the overall gameplay and tempo and helps to add to that dark, dreary feeling as you're playing the game. Yes, I feel this series and uh, Castlevania could kind of go hand in hand with uh, just the overall feel and with the music as well. Mm. Yes, um, I think... Um, I think the Castlevania games overall, the, the overall have better music. I mean, I thought the music of this game was good, but it's nothing I would actually like, you know, download or anything. Yeah, for Castlevania, they go and they they really crank out these great orchestrated pieces right. that you know you could rock out to. But if you get if you look at something that's more uh, atmospheric mm-hmm. in in the Castlevania stuff, that's kind of what you get in uh, this series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm mean, like, you know, I thought they. 
Um, the the music the music while it was good, I didn't um, I didn't feel like it made full use full use of the sound chip the Super NES had. It didn't really sound all that orchestra or anything else like that. Yeah, there was uh, a few times where they probably could have used a few more instruments or uh, yeah, pretty much a few more instruments in there. But um, but overall, the atmosphere was was there with it. Yeah, yeah. There's really only a few complaints or a few complaints that I might have with this game. Uh, like I already said earlier, uh, the music the, the the music was good, but it could have been a bit better. Uh, the controls take a bit to get used to. Uh, 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 the difficulty can be, the difficulty can be, the difficulty can be very tough. Uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to get all the way to a boss, uh, try to beat it, fail miserably several times, but then have to go back. And like you know, go through several stages again to get enough money to, or to raise enough money to be able to buy some potions to go back to the boss for like another crack at it. So um, kind of frustrating, like in that sense. But to get more money, you you can get. An, is there easier time to get money? Because there's um, along with the crests that you're getting, you can also get um, these talismans. True. And yes. if you find uh, the crown talisman, that actually increases the amount of gold that drops. Ah, right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, yeah, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, the fact the game has three different endings, uh, also kind of gives you some, like, replayability value to it, so it like, really feels like getting your, like, it really feels like, uh, you're getting your money's worth, um, uh, I didn't actually count well, I think, um, uh, I think there was something maybe about, like, in, like, ten stages altogether in the game, probably, to go through? There are, I think, uh, six stages... There's like six or seven. And there's a uh, bonus stage if you get the uh, the best ending, okay, and put right. that and put that uh, code in. Yeah, no, it's kind of kind of like the I uh, kind of like the prelude areas also as far as the stages went. So, um, um, but the, um, so uh, what about on your end as far as like as far as your as far as your uh, as far as like your complaints and nitpicks like about the game? What do you think I could like shut down better at? Uh. Not really much. I mean, you you mentioned the music. I I didn't really have that many complaints about the music. I was I enjoyed what was in there. Um, there's one section of the game which will drive people nuts if they have uh, nightmares about the damn level from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole section where it's almost just like the damn level, and you're going around through what I think I think this one had spikes so each time you ac actually uh, hit those spikes you're taking life off hmm yeah yeah I didn't yeah I didn't get that far in the game unfortunately but I did see the video where uh, uh, did a video about this and you're right the DM level from TMT definitely comes to mind uh, as far as that as far as that stage goes yeah so. but the the boss right after that is by far my favorite boss in this game because it looks beautiful. It's a big snail, but the all the the details they put into the the shell, mm -hmm. it's incredible. I'm surprised compared to all the other graphics in this game, those graphics looked out of place in terms of looking so good. Right. Hmm. Right. Um, yeah. So. Um... Uh, yeah, so uh, we mentioned earlier that there were some RPG elements like to this game. That's mostly that. So uh, that's mostly included besides the besides the ability to be able to buy potions. Uh, there's also there's also various spells, spells, crests, and talismans that you can also pick up as you go through the game. Uh, do you want to talk about maybe some of your favorites or some of the ones that made it 
uh, that like you know very very handy uh, to use in the game. Will uh, the spells I didn't use that often, although I I've, I've heard that uh, the ones like the imp were helpful for the uh, enemy that had the multiple eyes coming mm. out of it. Yeah, yeah. The the shadow spell I used the shadow spell I used a lot. That's the one that boosts your defense. Yeah, uh, that's that's helpful early on. Yeah. Uh, later on, the one of the uh, the other transformation crests actually let the uh, one you get the, the time crest actually lets you uh, cut the damage in half. Mm-hmm, right. As well as you get an armor talisman that halves it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, so is money like is money used mostly to buy potions, or other things you can buy in this game also? Um, it's pretty much potions, right? And right. the uh, the spells as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got the spells and talismans confused. The, uh, the spells, the spells you have to spells you have to buy talismans. I, I pick up is like loot. Uh, did you see that there were two areas to buy potions? Yes, I did. Yes, one of them doesn't. One of the one of them one of them does not one of them does not unlock to you until later on in the game. Yeah, I, for a while, I did not know how to get into the shops in the town. Oh, yeah. Yep. I didn't know you had to use that headbutt move to open the door. Yep. <laughs> kind of nasty them to hide, the, to hide the shop on you, though. <laughs> There's also the the flight with the, with the air crest. I didn't notice that until towards the end where I needed to use it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, um, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a wide range of combinations of, of spells and crests, uh, crests and talismans you can use in this game to max and Mitch uh, for like for situations. Uh, certain combinations are very helpful, are very helpful with, like in certain bosses. So. Um, so definitely, so so, so so definitely just so definitely just mixing and matching it and trying various combinations out is very helpful, especially if you get stuck in a certain area. Yeah, there's um there's a boss. It's pretty much like a this flying snake thing. It's really easy to uh, defeat that thing with your with the aerial gargoyle. Hmm. Right. Okay. But um. Um. So as mentioned earlier, this game does have three endings. I really enjoyed games. That have, uh, I really do enjoy games that have multiple endings because it really kind of encourages, like, encourages like some like replay value to them, uh, like whatnot. Um, we're going to be spoiling everything fully, um, so like, 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 care you. I might want to skip this next part, but um, there is, there is. Will mentioned earlier, there's like a bad ending, a good ending, like in a best ending. Um, uh, the bad endings basically, uh, like, like, uh, the. Uh, like Firebrand um, is, uh, Firebrand decides that he doesn't want to rule. He leaves the demon world. Like about the rule, and it falls into chaos, and just kind of like you know the situation just gets like worse and worse for them. Yeah, and it's with each version, like for the bad ending, you only do one round against Phalanx because he goes and he tries to use the um, the Crest of Heaven, mm. and it doesn't work. Right, right. So the good ending, the one that most people are like are probably going to see, uh, this is like where you like defeat Firebrand in battle, um, but uh, Firebrand decides decides not to give into temptation and rule him, but he can rule the demon realm himself, like even though he could because he has six crests, um, and he um, so he goes to a cliff and casts him off. Yeah, um, and, for, and for this one, Phalanx actually does use the crest of heaven, and there's a second round. Uh, for that battle, a very nasty-looking second round, too. Uh, like I might add, it definitely, she well, definitely, she definitely does not look like an easy fight. 
Well, that's the um. I think you're thinking of the the best ending one, but the second the the good ending one has um all this water that comes up. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And after that battle, he seals himself into uh, the crest. Yeah. 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 To get the best ending of the game, you have to you have to beat the game normally first by getting a password. If you use that password uh, to go back into the game after that. Uh, like you'll be able to get like uh, an additional an additional stage and the final like the final boss battle, a final boss battle uh, against the Dark Lord. Yeah. So. But the the Phalanx battle for that, there's a third round to that one, and I think that's the one that you were mentioning mm, okay. that looked really cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's only after you do that that you get to the end, and it gives you the password, and you right. can just go in and get to that uh, Dark Lord. Yeah. No, I saw videos of all three of the endings, and there really is not much of a difference between the good ending and the best ending, unfortunately. It's uh, mostly text. Yeah. Uh, plus some graphics. There's a few different graphics. Uh, nice picture of Firebrand at the end. Is, uh, um, yeah, for the best ending, right. yeah. But, uh, yeah, not really all that much difference, though, unfortunately, which kind of sucks, but, um, meh. Like, it is what it is, but... Um, <laughs> um, so, um... Uh, so generally speaking, uh, if you enjoy action platform games, like if you ever played the original, the original, the original two games, um, uh, for, like for the Game Boy or NES, um, like even like, like even if, uh, even if Ghosts and Goblins uh, fan in general, uh, th this game's highly worth uh, playing and checking out. Uh, this game is this game's not anywhere near as difficult as Ghosts and Goblins, thank God. Um, but uh, but it is challenging enough that it. Uh, the difficulty of this the difficulty of this game is pretty well balanced I thought except for some of the boss fights most areas most areas you feel like if you lose uh, like it's your own fault and you, you just have to like you know get better with your flavor gameplay or practice mixing and matching your items your items a better combination to get better um, it's really like a very it's really like a very fairly balanced game I thought so if you enjoy like uh, active platform games of uh, kind of you know like a dark theme to them like a whatnot uh, I, uh, I, I highly recommend checking out checking out this game because it's definitely a blast to play. Yeah, try to get it on the uh, virtual console if you can, because <laughs> getting this getting a physical copy of this game is not going to be easy. Yes, yeah, so at gonna, least at least not easy on your uh, on your wallet. Definitely, we're going to talk about that uh, like here in a little bit for sure. But uh, um, but uh, will um, do you have any do you have any like general general like you know advice or tips and tricks for anybody for for anybody who's picking up this game for the first time perhaps uh once you get the um the crest that turns you into the uh the flying demon remember that um you can fly with that one i didn't realize towards the end of the game so i probably could have gotten around some other enemies i bet there's there's a whole thing with that crawler boss i was mentioning with the eye that opens up if you're over on the. You have to stay over on the right side in order to hit this thing. I, I didn't get over to the left, so I'm not sure if you can hit him from the left. Mm -hmm. But he can get close enough to you. I thought he couldn't make it all the way over there, but he can get close enough to you that if he touches you, it takes a lot of damage off of you. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It 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 takes your life down quite a bit. So <laughs> that's right. what made me lose some of the battles with him. Is he would just take me out. Mm. But if I was able to fly over him, I imagine I probably would have done better on that boss. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, each of the crests gives you, uh, uh, but each of the crests gives you a special ability. So make sure you like experiment with it and see what that special ability is, because you often have to use that ability like the next stage. Uh, yeah, and go and go back into the levels you've already finished 
to try and find additional areas and other bosses because you're going to need the additional health. Uh, like, and the money usually, it's like to buy potions, uh, potions and spells, uh, definitely for sure, so... Yeah, um, even even at max health, you're still going to probably have some difficulty. Right. Right. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, very good advice. Uh, like anything else that you may want to comment as far as, like, you know, tips or tricks, like, or whatnot about the game, Will? Uh, once you have a lot of money, when you go to get potions, grab the ginseng. Yes. It... That is a full health restore it's not really worthwhile buying anything else i think i'm just doing ginseng 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 so it might be more it might be more expensive but you only get i think four uh vials to put the uh, health into Mm -hmm. because that's another thing you don't you can't just stock up on these things like you would in other games where you can have like 10 health potions on you right no you you have to find these empty vials that you then put the potions into and you only get like four of them right um or, or it was five i can't remember right. how many it was uh, having an elixir on you at all times is probably the, 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 like probably also like very handy uh because that one like resurrects you uh like you die so yeah with uh, with four health right but that's good enough uh like for boss fight or whatnot to let you use the, to let you either like to like use like a ginseng or to revalue your tactics so, True. Um, and having some mercuries and sulfurs on you at all times is also very handy because mercury, mercury will send you back to the start of this level, um, which can be handy if you're trying like to grind your way through it to pick up to, to, to find stuff or pick up items. And the sulfur and the sulfur and the sulfur is your um, uh, uh, back to map item basically. So um, this is something to get you out of a stage easily and quickly. So. Uh, definitely worthwhile having like the other stuff on you also, but ginseng's the ones you want to buy like in bulk, like when you can. Yeah, especially for that uh, that fi- the final boss after you get the best ending. You wanna you wanna go and get money and stock up on ginseng before you even tackle that final boss. Right. <laughs> um, right. So speaking about passwords, um, there are uh, there are a number of passwords available like this game. Uh, I'm not going to actually mention what they are here in the podcast because they're like because they're like 16 letter combinations. Um, but I found all these available in game FAQ. So if you're interested in interested in specific password, uh, you can just go there to to, to get it. Uh, there are passwords. There are passwords. There are passwords that they're uh, besides your typical SageLex passwords. Um, there's also the uh, there's also a password that will give you uh, that, that hurts you off with all the items, and you can fight Phalanx in his final form, and can go into the Dark Demon like after that. So that allows you to be able to unlock the best ending like right away. Um, there's also a, there's also a password uh, a password that that a password that password that's good with a normal ending, and then it gives you all the power ups, items, uh, items, uh, uh, items, and life extensions. Um, they also give you a password to get the bad ending as well. Yes, yes, I saw that. Interesting. So, uh, so, so those are three like ending passwords basically. There's also a boss mode password. Um, yeah, which I don't know if this was listed in a uh, Nintendo Power or how this boss mode uh, came about because I don't recall um, anything in the game mentioning any sort of boss mode. Like I didn't see anything at the end of the game that mentioned one. Well, I've not tried this myself yet personally, but I imagine that. But I imagine that if this boss mode is similar to how other games have their boss modes, it's pre- um, I imagine it's probably just like a stage where you like fight the bosses like one after the other, um, like this is how you do basically. So that might be interesting to like, interesting either like to hone your skills in a particular boss or just like how good you are. 
Um, there's also there's also a password a password available that says it's that this isn't uh, that this is let you play as ultimate gargoyle. So um, it probably so, 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 so probably starts you off starts starts you off like that like um, uh, crest like right away. So, and finally, and finally, there's also a passcode marked as the ultimate passcode, which is a, uh, which is unlocks, like unlocks a new stage. So. Yeah, that, yeah, the, the ultimate passcode, that is the passcode that you get at the end of the game when you get the best ending. Ah, okay, all right, yep, okay. All right, that yeah. makes sense. So. Uh, when I saw, I actually watched that part in one of the videos, and then looked at the password, and then checked on here, and it, it looks like it's the same password. Hmm, okay. All right, cool. Yep. So yeah, those passwords. So those passwords can be used to hop ahead, uh, to practice, to pra practice your building certain bosses, to see the endings, or if you, um, uh, uh, so if you master the game and just simply use play, when it gets more uh, 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 playtime out of it. So um, didn't get a lot of feedback about this game, but actually, will uh, there are some people who are kind of envious because there were some people. There's people who are saying who are saying that they wanted to talk about this game also. So uh -huh. um, it seems this game is not super popular, but those people who those, those people who do know about it, they really love it. So yeah, this uh, is a really cool game. This was like one of a couple other ones I was thinking of doing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely underrated. I think this game like is a very like fun game. Capcom Capcom's always known how to make like great games, especially uh, especially. Especially, especially, especially during the especially during the 16-bit time period, I think. So they, um, they were really make some great games. So it's, it's like it's kind of a shame this game kind of got like, um, I didn't get a lot of uh, press or attention like when it came out. So um, definitely, definitely happy to talk about it with you, uh, and definitely hope to encourage uh, encourage other people out there listening listening to this podcast to pick up and play it. Yeah, and I thought I saw something about uh, the re uh, rental stores having it as an exclusive before coming out on a uh, in an actual box and I know Maximo had that but I could have sworn I saw Demon's Crest also had that the Blockbuster had it early before it got a uh, retail release hmm. and I can't find that information again so I don't know whether it was just something somebody listed and it's false or or what but I can't find the information again well it did happen with other games so it's not beyond the realm of possibility but uh, I'd heard anything about that but it's possible that it happened um, um, but regardless of how the game actually came out uh, it doesn't look like this game got a very big print run uh, and for that reason if like that reason like you want the game you want the game physically uh, you better be prepared to open up the checkbook uh, because this game this game, this game's right up there with a Wild Guns, which Michael and I talked to talked about in a previous podcast for like for expense, uh, like eBay, as far as like uh, as far as uh, as far as as far as as far as, as far as the game goes. Um, it's not like it's not like really rare. Uh, I found uh, I found 141 copies of the game of the game uh, of the game that recently sold and it was just sold in the last three months. But I just think. But I think it's more of a case where, like the, where like the sculptors and collectors are the ones who are, are, are the ones who are, are the ones who are selling the game um, for the high prices. It's so. like how the uh, the Mega Man X games; those have really gone up yes. in price. Well, Super NES games right now are in a bubble anyway. But yeah, um, I'm glad I don't collect complete inbox for the system. <laughs> yes, CIB. Yeah, car car prices for this game are not that crazy. CIB copies though, like forget about it. Yeah, I um, only I only need complete inbox for my Intellivision games. I don't need it for any other games. <laughs> or if it's in a if it's in a jewel case, 
like anything from like the uh, the PS1, PS2. Right. Those I want everything included. <laughs> right. Uh, I, before I mention prices here, there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple of, so there's a couple important to a couple of important points to make. Uh, one, these prices include shipping. Uh, two, these are actually these are actually not cases of like somebody trying to get a high price for the game and failing. These are actually these are actually these are actually examples of the game selling for that price. That yeah, is, it's always best to look at the uh, sold right, listings. Right. That is that is actually the seller asked this price when they got it. Now, now that brings up point three. Just because just because the game actually sold, it doesn't mean so doesn't mean money actually traded hands. As far as we know, this, as far as we know, the sale may not have gone through. Um, also, also doesn't mean that's how much you have to put yours up for as well. Uh, Something could sell for fifty bucks. Somebody might, as a fluke, sell it for five thousand. Doesn't right. mean you can put yours up for five thousand as well. Yes. Yep, 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 definitely. Uh, uh, like every week, like every podcast, I see exceptions uh, on both ends of the scale, actually, like what happens. Uh, somebody somebody sells a game for a lot more than it's worth because of bidding war or newbies or whatever. And other times, other times, other times the game can slip through for, uh, a game can slip through for winning to the, I've uh, went to the average, uh, where somebody's able to get a steal. So, um, but anyway, uh, cart prices are high. Uh, they're not, they're not, Absolutely crazy. I think that the car prices for Wild Guns probably probably sold for more than this. Uh, the average the average prices prices for this game on eBay recently sold for card only range from seventy two to one hundred ninety three dollars. Yeah, uh, I'm not even sure. What I I think I would uh, pay for a cartridge only game. I think triple digits is out of my price range. Well, it gets worse with CIB. Yeah. Uh, uh, CIB prices ranging over from 200, 200 to three hundred to three hundred and fifty-six dollars. So, um, and like you steel collector nuts out there, there actually was a sealed copy of this game that recently sold on eBay for the whopping price of five hundred thirty-six dollars. Yeah, I don't need one that bad. <laughs> not a sealed copy because I want to open it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you like you buy that, you're not opening it up. That's yeah, if, sure. it, if it's if it's sealed, I'm keeping it sealed. Uh, but I'm not. I don't think I'd pay five hundred for a sealed copy of the game. So luckily, luckily for us, this game is available on Virtual Console. Our uh, 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 or you can emulate it also. Uh, I played this emulation. Like, an image, like an image just fine. So um, yeah, I went and bought a brand new controller so I could do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely a very fun, very dark, uh, difficult but challenging, uh, uh, like underrated actual platform game. Uh, like if you enjoy the Ghost of Goblin games or, or, or games, games whatnot. Definitely worth checking this out. And um, and, and check out the uh, and check out the. And check out the first two games also. Uh, Gargoyle's Quest and Gargoyle's Quest 2. Uh, Looking look feel and play a lot like this game. Um, so definitely, so definitely, I think all three games and all three in the series are worth playing. Yeah, Demon's Crest has a more realistic style, but the other two games have a kind of more of a chibi feel to it. True. Well, yep, yep, definitely. Um, so. Uh, I uh, see. So any like uh, final thoughts or comments or observations or observations like about the game before we wrap this up, Will? Um, not really. I just wish I could get a physical copy, but not at those <laughs> prices. <laughs> probably pretty hard to find. Like, it's probably it's probably it's probably pretty hard to find like retail stores too. I imagine. Um, if like you want a copy, you, you probably have to go online to find one. Probably. Most likely, I don't think I know of uh, any stores in my area that um, have had a copy. 
Because usually they'll post pictures of stuff that they've gotten in recently, and I haven't seen one. Yeah, because the cover of this game is very striking. Uh, you definitely can recognize this game like a mile away because it has that very large, large, detailed, uh, detailed cartoonish um, uh, painting of Firebrand on the cover. So, and that it looks like that's one of the few times he's really looked like that. It, the art style for it is much different than what I'm used to seeing for him. Yeah, I kind of wonder. Uh, I didn't check. I wonder. Um, uh, I often, uh, often during this time period, there were different covers used the Japanese and, and Japanese and, and Western versions of the games. I didn't check mm-hmm. to see the Japanese version of this game used, but I used the same cover. So maybe that might explain it. But... I could find that pretty quick here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. the European one was different. Oh no, it's just slightly different. No, the Japanese one is completely different i'm not surprised yeah they often during this time period they often were very very different i i would love a poster of the japanese one (laughs) but um yeah and the european ones um yeah the european ones are often are they're they're often are often are often like the same with like very very slight differences so but uh, yeah this japanese one looks like they could just slap word meatloaf on it (laughs) (laughs) and it would be a new bat out of hell (laughs) uh so um, yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Will uh, Maximal is kind of the spiritual to, to the spiritual successor successor to these games. I'm really kind of surprised that they didn't do more games in the series because they, uh, uh, because this is a pretty like fun, challenging actual platform platform series that um, maybe didn't sell very well. But then again, Capcom never exactly gave the games very much press or coverage either. So no, and there um, hasn't been a new um, Ghouls and Ghosts either. That's true. Besides, besides the spiritual successor there, Maximo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Except for the remakes, there really hasn't been like a new game in this series like with the do uh, like quite a while. That's so. true. Yeah, because I have the um, the PSP uh, remake. Oh, excellent of remake that as well. Yeah, excellent remake of that game. Yeah, it's still really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not surprised. Ghost and Goblins is definitely is definitely is definitely one of those frustrating frustrating difficult difficult like NES games. So, but uh, luckily this game is not as challenging. So. Um, uh, so if you enjoyed Ghost and Goblin style at all, this game's definitely like worth picking up, uh, like for like a good, like a good side-scoring platform game. Um, so anyway, um, you've heard everything we have to say to talk about this game. If you have any comments, questions, feedback yourself, uh, please feel free to contact me. You can do so on Facebook, uh, like the group and page I have on there, or you can also feel free to send me an email. Uh, my email is the snespodcast at yahoo.com. Um, Coming up next, I'm not quite sure exactly what I'm doing next or who I may be doing that game with. Um, I have some games in mind, but uh, but uh, I'm trying to line up some guest hosts to come on, and I'm not really quite sure exactly about the coverage, so um, I apologize. I'm not really quite sure exactly what's happening at this point. Um, I'm... Uh, uh, I will say I'm very strongly inclined to say that the next game, the next game, that the next game that's gonna be covered is probably gonna be like F Zero, uh, which is a classic. Uh, really that's a of, great game, yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the many series series that got started on the Super NES. Uh, definitely a great game. This is definitely a game I had. I picked this game up very shortly after I got the system, and it's really, it's really a classic, classic game. Still fun today. Um, just like pick up and play. So. Um, I'm 99% sure that game's gonna be talked about next, but I'm not. But I'm not 100% positive, so don't hold me to that, please. So uh, I do try to. Um, 
I, I do like to try to announce what's coming up next for games and games and guest host or what or whatnot. But uh, please, but please forgive me for not being 100 sure, like in this case. So. Um, uh, and Will, you can find here on the Televisionary. They should have a new podcast coming up, coming up, coming up very shortly. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the next issue, the, uh, the next version of the podcast, the like we talking about the two basketball games available, available, available like television. So mm-hmm. uh, very, very good games. So um, I, I, and a really good discussion as well. Yeah, I need to spend more time with Slam Dunk, uh, like on my like on my flashback, because that game really like is just ahead of its day in so many ways. Just the uh, the whole the whole the whole coach plus manager plus player aspect of the game is really like mind like mind blowing that it came out back in back like in 1980, uh, 1980, 1987 I think so. But, yeah, they uh, did a fantastic job with it. So I'm not much into the sports games, but that one wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, I know we had like you know kick and scream uh, just to say like we want some more television sports game coverage. So <laughs> but the next the next one after that is gonna be fun yes okay <laughs> um, i'll tell you off the air <laughs> <laughs> sounds good um so anyway again will thank you very much for coming on the podcast with me i appreciate it yeah no um, problem uh love to have you back on again twice future points uh, future point talk about another favorite game of yours yeah i i know what i'm thinking of doing okay all right so thanks again everybody for listening to the podcast uh you can find us also by itunes and stitcher uh be sure to give us feedback support comments and if you want to be on the podcast uh yourself talk about a game uh, the game that you that you enjoy please let me know like either facebook like sending an email so thanks again to will and thanks again to everybody for listening to this and have a good night Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.